Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Life with Chris and Tatum. It is definitely exciting (laughs) around here always. So, no, we're glad you're listening today. Chris and I are the pastors of Life Fellowship Church here in McKinney, Texas. Hey, what is our family motto? What is one of them? We cannot be defeated and we will not quit. That's right. That's you, one you of said like that with a little bit of a with a little sass. <laughs> I'm telling myself that we can't be defeated and we will not quit. Do you ever just have those moments when you need to remind yourself that you're not going to be defeated? And I know I'm not quitting, but woo, we just keep on keeping on. I won't let you. You won't let me what? Quit. I, I don't want to quit. I'm not quitting. I ain't giving up on you. I just said I cannot be <laughs> defeated and I will not quit. Y'all, we're gonna have fun today. Yep. Hey, thanks to everybody for uh, sharing the podcast and uh, commenting and spreading the word, helping to rate us, give us five star. (laughs) We like five stars. (laughs) It's not even a thing. We're just saying give us five stars. No, really, when you rate us, it does make us more visible on podcasts. I know that. So rate us well, unless you give us a yeah bad review. Then don't do that. Yeah. Then just move right along and end right now. (laughs) Uh, Okay. You told uh, everybody last week on the podcast what you were talking about today, but you haven't shared it again. We're going to talk about five life and money lessons that I learned from my dad. Chris, you have a great dad. Well, I thought it would be good today to, you know, everyone starts a new year and you start thinking about, okay, where are my financial goals and how are things happening? How am I going to change some things? So a lot of people are thinking about their health goals and... uh, Mm -hmm. Family goals. mm Mm-hmm. Education goals Work and all that. goals, but yeah, money's important. It's a big one. It's a huge one. Yeah, it's absolutely, it, it's gargantuous. And I think the person that has really been able to teach me a lot in this has been my dad. Wisdom. Dad's, <laughs> you're a little goofer over there. <laughs> you can't see this, but Tatum is, in the, she's having some fun laughing over there. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you say something? <laughs> I'm just trying to catch my breath. Okay. I just had to throw that one liner out because <laughs> it always makes Chris laugh. Oh, oh goodness. Mm. We grew up in some- Hey, everybody. Welcome okay. to another exciting episode. No, but but my dad, I've learned so much from him. Yeah, we both have, honestly. Chris and I have been married 23 years now. How old are you, babe? 46? I'm 46. So lots of years of- being um, of having a dad of clearly your whole life, but us being married the past twenty something years has uh, a lot of this wisdom has been passed along in ways that are impacting our lives and will continue to impact future generations, our kids and their kids' kids, because you have a really wise and amazing dad. Yeah, and if if I can glean some things from him, you know, maybe there's some things that I can deposit in everybody that is listening today when it comes to finances, mm-hmm. and that's a big area that people are really curious about. Uh, and especially when it comes to biblical financial wisdom. Yeah. Uh, again, nobody in my life has had more of an impact on me in this area than my dad. Uh, you think about this. Dad's built a thriving church. They've sent millions of dollars uh, outside of the church into missions. 
he has helped thousands of couples, singles, pastors, and churches become financially free. And uh, I've got to see some things that nobody else sees on the inside, uh, you know, like behind the scenes, if I could put it like that. Mm-hmm. And so these are um, five lessons on life money uh that I learned from my dad. And I'm going to also put a little bit of my spin and really our spin on it as, as we have, you know, um, taken some of these things and then we've learned other, uh, as we've matured. Yes. Yes. We've, we've matured. <laughs> uh, but here's the first one. And that's this success is all about the size of your legacy, not the size of your stuff. Mike drop. Yeah, that's boom. What's up? There's so that is truth right there. So much truth, but it so opposes the world's ways that. Um, so when you get this, when you get this one right, yeah, it starts changing everything. And people are like, okay, what? How, how do I make money? What are some other ways that I can can do this? Listen, I'm telling you, success is all about the size of your legacy, not the size of your stuff. Mm-hmm. We live in a world obsessed with names and brands and money. And it is so easy to confuse success with a pile of stuff. Yeah. You know, the most successful couple that I know, there's a couple that I know that uh, they, they uh, God is, to, to say God's blessed them is beyond, 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 beyond. Financially blessed. Financially blessed them is beyond anything. And uh, we were at dinner with them the other night. And... The thing that they mentioned was this. They said, and they got they got more stuff than you would ever, I mean, stuff that would take care of generations uh, of, of families, uh, you know, grandkids and kids, all after that. I mean, just how God's blessed them with wealth. And they said, oh, we cannot wait to, uh, to leave this world and to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. So in other words... Um, Their hearts are their so hearts not are like, attached to the things of the world because who cares? We got the all treasure. this stuff. We don't care about this. Yeah. Our hope is the treasure heaven, is really in heaven, and we want to do everything we can to build the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And I think, okay, right there, that's success. That's true. When the Lord truly has your heart and not your and not things, not stuff. When you measure your success by being able to live a legacy, a godly legacy, to leave that um, for the next generation, and not not so much about leaving them your items, your things, material things. So, so many people in our culture, they confuse uh, success with a pile of stuff. And we constantly think, well, if somebody is successful, they're going to have a bunch of stuff. They're going to have you know, beautiful cars, big home, big bank accounts, lavish vacations. They're going to you know, wear all kinds of designer uh, clothes. And yet, what I learned from my dad is that true success is ultimately about leaving a legacy. It's about living a life that will outlive you. So let me ask everybody some questions here. For those of you that own businesses, what kind of business are you going to leave behind someday? I mean, is it going to be a business that is uh, filled with a mission and a vision to bless your employees and customers and glorify God and use it to bring wealth to the kingdom uh, kingdom of God? Or is it going to be solely based on advancing you? Mm-hmm. You know, what? let me ask this. What kind of church are you helping to build? So wherever you go to church, are you making an impact? In fact, let me ask it like this. If the church that you attended no longer existed, 
Would there be any change in the community of where you're at? Wow, that's a big question. So success, think about that. Success mm-hmm. is, is, is all about the size of your legacy, not the size of your stuff. Who cares if you have big buildings and a bunch of people that are coming, Yeah. but if you're not impacting the community all around, if you're not impacting the world, mm-hmm. what kind of legacy is that? If you're not reaching into the next generation, do you know that most churches are only one generational churches? They reach one generation, they become so self-centered on reaching that demographic that has been growing older that they forget to reach the next generation and they fizzle out and they die. We've got to be be all about, in fact, listen to this. If your presence doesn't make an impact, your absence won't make a difference. That's really good. If your presence doesn't make an impact, your absence won't make, won't make an uh, difference. A difference. Yeah. Listen, hey, everybody, stop trying to find a great church to attend and start using your God-given gifts to build the church where God has planted you right now. Like, That's so good. Yeah, we have everything so it's backwards not about in our culture. Finding we the so... great church. It's about it's about building it. Like you being a part of it and becoming that, based on you taking the responsibility to make a difference, to do something that makes it better, do something that makes it different. So when it comes to your finances, mm-hmm. we've got to stop thinking about how much stuff that I have, and we've got to start thinking about how much legacy can I leave behind. Yeah, uh, because we're just passing through. So let me ask you another question. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, please listen to me. This is, this is a financial principle here. And I, I know it doesn't seem like it because we're not talking about money just yet. We're going to. But this is the, the foundation of it. In fact, let me ask you a question. What, what kind of family are you raising? Uh, are your kids uh, godly? Are they involved in ministry? Honestly, you and I, we had three goals for our kids. Mm-hmm. Three. I just wanted three things, you know? I'm thankful for, I mean, if they were, whatever the path they would have taken in their life, but I just wanted three basic things to happen. Number one, wanted them to love God. Yep. We wanted them to love his church, and we wanted yep. them to love you and I and respect you and I. Yeah. That's it. That that feels like a win in my book. Like loving the Lord comes before being a straight A student or being the best in their sports or their extracurricular music, whatever they did. Like if they don't love Jesus, then... We haven't succeeded as parents. And then how many? So for us, pastors' kids, you know, hate the church. The next, yeah, the next, yeah. And then well, how many of them are not the even church. connected in with their parents anymore? Because there's just, I just wanted those three things to happen. And think about if you get this right, yeah, how when God begins to bless you financially, it it actually matters. Because yeah. what matters is, is that you're leaving a legacy. Focused, you're yeah, leaving a legacy. The mm-hmm. We listen. We should measure our success by the kind of legacy, not the amount of stuff that we leave behind someday. Are you living a life that lives on? Have you cultivated a, a relationship of love and service with your spouse? Everybody, leave a life, a legacy. Because mm-hmm. life is quick, it's short, it's done in a moment. And it's, and, and it's massively important. Too many people live for themselves, they live for the moment. And yeah, if you get a bunch of stuff, that doesn't mean you're a success. Yeah, if you have a broken family or a broken uh, relationship with the Lord, but you have a lot of stuff, ah, uh, that's not a win. If you gain all the world but lose your soul, the you know the Bible talks about that. Or I'll say it like this: What does a gain a parent? Yeah, parents, if they bring a child into this world, they they gain the world, but only 
for that child to go to hell someday. Not a win. That's not a win. Here's the second one. And that's this. Second uh, principle I've learned from my dad, communication about finances is a key to marital success. I think one of the- And financial success. Well, yeah. One of the, one of the biggest issues that uh, happens in marriages has to do with finances and ha- as it relates to differing like opinions and different decisions that spouses want to make. Do you know that a third of uh, divorces in America revolve around money? Yikes. That's a big amount. I didn't know that. In fact, let me, let me shock you with something else. And that is that the problems in marriages are, are really about money itself. Mm. That they're typically, um, they're conflicts regarding the value systems in, in the household. In other words, let me explain it like this. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So when couples start talking about finances, it forces them to communicate about their heart's desires. Yeah. Like what really is that money attached to in your heart? Because that is probably where the conflict is happening. Yeah. You and I, from, from very early on, we've talked about finances. We've been very open about them together. And it's helped us to uh, to really be on the same page that we can yeah. be we can be unified in fighting to uh, get to, to leave the... to leave a legacy, yeah. and then also where you're not out spending stupid amounts of money on stupid things like pillows. You either. <laughs> I would never spend stupid amounts of money on. Or I would not spend pillows. spend stupid amounts of money on whatever. <laughs> but we but we're unified. You know that early on in our marriage we set up a goal. Yes, I do. Or a rule. We just said if we have to spend anything more than fifty dollars, fifty dollars, we're going to ask you. We're going to run it by each other first, unless it was like going to the grocery store. Yeah, but we. I feel like Tatum would come to me. She's like, "Oh, Chris, there's a sale, like seventy percent off. (laughs) You don't know how much money I could save you, (laughs) babe." But but, I have always been a smart shopper. You have to give me credit for that. You've been. I'm just messing. He's playing, and y'all don't know, but. But it is smart to communicate and to be um, transparent with one another if you're married, because really, wherever your wherever your goals are financially, you want to be on the same page. You, and it takes each other to get there. One of you can't be undermining the other person by spending and making decisions that you're not both in agreement with. And when when you're agree, agree uh, in agreement on things, and I've watched this with my mom and dad, they've been agreed, uh, and I know so many uh, couples where. The husband just wants to be a big spender, spend, 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 spend. The wife goes, you know, I want to just save, 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 save. So yeah. now they have intimacy issues. They have yeah. trust issues. Yeah, because they've either made a decision in one way and the other person's breaking that kind of commitment they made to save, or they're just not communicating about it at all. You have to communicate and be on the same team. Yep. Work together. Teamwork. And you've been, I mean, you've been absolutely amazing, uh, on that. I mean, there's been so many things that you have said, you know what, we're just going to do it without it so that we can fulfill the financial goals that we have in our lives. And we've done that from very early on in our marriage. Yeah. We always set, we did always set goals, even when we were dirt po, for real. And we just stayed on board, stayed the course. And uh, God has been so faithful. God we bought has been old so faithful. used cars and a lot of times just one car. Yeah. You know, but this was our goal. I remember many times, remember when uh, the kids were in, uh, we would have all these teenagers coming out to youth ministry and I'd have to stay late. Well, there was like 700 kids showing up to 
services and I'd have to stay late and make sure everything was like the church was put somewhat Didn't back burn together. Down. Yeah. <laughs> but you would leave after youth services were done, sometime a little bit after that with the kids, both yeah, Blakely they were and little. Nash. Yeah. And what would you do? You'd go home? I'd go home and put them to bed. And um it would be a few hours later that Chris Sometimes would be 10, finished. 10, 10:30 late at night, yeah, and I would load our kids back up in the car and drive back up to the church to pick Chris up because we were sharing one car at the time. We had it wasn't that we couldn't We had one income that yeah, was Yeah, we had we had one income, but we made the decision this is what we want to do. I wanted to stay at home and and was willing to make the sacrifice financially. We were we just were. In a we place. both made that yeah. decision. Yeah. So, um yeah, those are some some great memories and and really wonderful days in our in our in our lives, but they came with uh some, some uncomfortableness. Yeah. yeah. Uncomfortable sacrifice. But the fact is that we communicated about Yeah, it wasn't like Chris said, You have to do this. I'm I don't want you you know, like no, we were on the same page. We were in agreement. So it worked for us. Was it inconvenience or always fun? No. <laughs> no. But we yeah. But we've always been very open with each other when it comes to the finances. You have to be. You have to. You have to talk with one another no matter Here's how open we are. You ready for this? I told Tatum uh this last week, I said, Honey, if I were to die. Yeah, he did. I was like, Why are you telling me this? No, I did. I told I said, yeah, Honey, he... if I was to die, I, you already know all this, but I want I want to go through it all so you know exactly where everything is As at. As we walk into the new year, if <laughs> I die, these are all my passwords. This is where all no, of I our said, money here, and this No, I said, here's where they're all at, and here's where everything... I know. <laughs> yeah. I said, on. I want you to be taken care of. And then here's what I would suggest that you would do. Yeah. He gave me good advice on what to do with our finances and how to manage it. That's just, for me, I mean, I don't love that conversation because I'm no, really No, you told like, me to stop. I'm like, I can't stop. I need yeah, to tell I'm you like, this. Yeah, I'm like, why are you saying this? Is the Lord like, is there <laughs> some premonition you're going to go to bed and die? No. But um, really, that's about loving each other and just preparing like your each other for what financial decisions should be made or you think need to be made and being on the same team and not just trying to like figure it out by yourself. So thanks for doing that, even though it was not what I wanted you to say, Chris. Okay, number three. I've learned this from my dad. Use the Bible as a guide for financial direction. Bing, so, bing, bing. So yeah. when it comes to our daily financial decisions, there is no other book in the world packed with more wisdom about finances than the Bible. Do you know that the Bible mentions money or possessions 2,350 times? Wow. That's a lot. I mean, it's trying to give us the pathway towards great stewardship and incredible financial success. And financial advisors and, and plans are extremely important, and you should always seek help when, when in uh, financial trouble. But only the scriptures, the Bible, will give you the wisdom to wealth and leave lasting legacy in a healthy, life-giving way. We've got to look to the Word we got to look to to, yeah. to Scripture to help us. I mean, God's the one that has the cattle on a thousand hills. It says that the, the streets in, in, in heaven are, are paved with gold. God, God knows a little bit about finances. In fact, the only gazillionaire that ever lived was King Solomon. I mean, the richest man that has ever lived. The Bible talks a, um, a great deal about finances. And I'm going to tell you the very first principle that I encourage couples when I do premarital counseling or when I... Singles or 
whatever. Yeah, it's to when you talk honor about- God with the tithe. It's a it's if a people want to know point. why, you know, why God has blessed us, the, the most successful people, the most successful people that I know, that you would be floored by by what God has done in their life. Every single one of them. Honor God with the tithe. The first 10% of what, what they make, they honor God with the tithe. Yeah, and I think what um, I would add in addition to that, the Lord not only blessing them in a financial way, but the real true riches, the blessing that we initially talked about at the very beginning is not about what material things, but the the um, the health and the wealth of their relationships, their spirituality, their you know the blessing that come in so many ways that are not just uh, just financial, but because obviously there are millionaires and billionaires who live a- around the world who don't tithe and don't serve God and don't belong to Him, but but they're missing. There's a hole in their <laughs> a void in their spiritual life, if you will, when you don't honor God. So they may live with. And what do they leave behind? And peace they leave behind or, a bunch of stuff yeah, instead of instead living of, a life that lives on eternally. Exactly. That's where I was trying to get to with this. Um, so one of the things that we did when we first got married is we set up a giving covenant. And we said that the very first 10% of everything that we are going to make is going to be returned to the house of the Lord, our God, where we worship at. Yeah. We just made the decision we're going to be tithers even if we can't. That means we're going to say no to lots of other things. We cannot eat out like we want to. We cannot purchase and buy things that we want. And we're willing to... I want to be under the umbrella of God's blessing. I want to be obedient to what God is asking us to do because I trust Him. And God knows our needs. And if I truly trust Him and I do what His Word said, He's going to meet my needs. Yeah. It just comes down to that. And He He has. He's been beyond faithful, beyond good, better than I ever could have imagined. The Lord, His goodness has followed us every day of our life. You know, not only have we been able to invest into God's uh, work all these years, I mean, think, I I have no idea what's going to happen when we step into heaven someday, just by the fact that we've, you know, tried to honor God with, you know, not only with our time, but with our finances. But what that did for us is it taught us how to create margin. How yeah. to create um, discipline? I would discipline say. in our it lives. Created great discipline because we saw all kinds of other people doing all kinds of other things. Yeah. Buying like, furniture was. You a remember sh- that we used to yeah. think. Oh. <laughs> I remember Chris and I got married so so young, um, and we didn't have any money, and we didn't really make great money. Um, and I had a baby right away, and so for a lot of those reasons, we um, just weren't. We just didn't have much, materialistically speaking. We were rich in joy and in love and in like every every other way, but just not financially. And uh, we began watching really early on other couples that were our age who would have weddings and get married, and then they could just like go buy a house, or they 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 had like new cars, or they would go. I remember specifically like really wanting some some like furniture that wasn't from my grandma. She gave us her old blue velvet couch or like love seat. It was, was baby horrible. blue and it was velvet. And it, baby blue. Chris and I could like sit on it side by side, barely. but barely. <laughs> it was real small. And I so badly wanted like a couch and a, you know, pretty things because 
girls care about you that stuff. Wanted to dress up Blakely in real cute little stuff. Yeah, and we did, but I got everything from hand me downs. So there was so many things that because we were prioritizing the Lord and and fighting and dis- not fighting, but fighting to do the right thing and being disciplined in in our spending because tithing had to be first in our hearts and in our life. We said no to all those other things, but it honestly, it wasn't it it's all worth it. It's all worth Even like if God giving would up. have not blessed us like he has. It, yeah, it would it still, still would be worth, worth it. it because you're living under there's such powerful and beautiful blessing that comes from obeying the Lord that you can't put money on it. You can't put a price tag on the blessing that God brings in your life in countless, like thousands and thousands of ways that have nothing to do with materialism. Yeah. You ha- we have peace and we had joy. See, we st- I think that God has instituted the tithe to um, really uh, defang or detooth greed. Because when you give to God like that, yeah. you actually are saying no to your flesh. That's wanting to do a bunch of other things. And God sees that stuff in secret, and then he goes, okay, yeah, here's a couple I can trust. It is true. It does help with um, if you're feeling like being stingy I've or watched sort this of for my dad. building your own bank account, you just in that way. I remember when my, when my dad, when they were building their, uh, their building. Their church in, for people in, who don't in, know. In Wisconsin, mm-hmm. yeah, their, their, their church. I remember dad, he made a, uh, a commitment to God. He said, I will not spend more on paying for my house than I do on paying for your house, God. Mm. And so he made sure that whatever his mortgage was, that he was giving more than his mortgage to God every single month. And that was way above the tithe. Yeah. And I would go into my dad's bedroom, mom and dad were there, and he would lay out his tithe check on the dresser on Saturday nights in preparation for the service the next morning. He would already have it all written out. And I would I would see that as a kid, and it made an impact on on my life and how I do how I do yeah. how I do and how important how it live. is to honor God because you've seen the blessing in your in your parents' life not and I'm not only speaking financial blessing I'm just saying the sheer blessing of what one generation to the next generation has come out of a heart that honors the Lord. How many people do we know that that my goodness they they got a they got a bunch of bunch of cash and stuff, but their families are angry and everyone's just rah, rah, rah at each other's throats and there's just you no know, peace no and peace no fulfillment and, no, no, fulfill- and no, no legacy being being left and impacting another generation for eternal purposes. Yeah. It's like money doesn't it redeems when you give the tithe, when you return the tithe to God, yeah. It redeems the rest the ninety percent. And if you're not doing that, I want to just challenge you. And, and around here at our church, I'll, I'll offer it to you right now. We do a 90-day money-back guarantee. Yeah. If you'll tithe, and if God doesn't bless you. Yeah, because he like literally the only thing the Lord tells you to test me and test me and see. Test me. Like God challenges you. He's saying, like, try me and just see my faithfulness and my goodness. If you'll just try it, just, just believe me. And if you don't, then Chris will have Life Fellowship write you a check back for everything that you gave that you weren't blessed in. Yeah. You'll see it. I'm just telling you, God's ways work. Testimony of the tither is I'm blessed. The testimony of the non-tither is I can't afford to tithe. Yeah. Try it today. Here's the, here's the fourth one, and that's this. The best way to escape debt is to get angry about it. 
So if you got some debt in your life, fight realize this, nobody it. just accidentally wanders out of debt. The only way to defeat debt is with passionate intentionality, determination, yeah. and hard work. Yeah, that's so true. In other words, you're going to have to get angry. To I'm angry. Make a plan. Make a plan. Uh, and concentrate your, edit, your energies about eradicating every single shred of it. In fact, probably the most effective method that I've discovered through the years of getting rid of, rid of debt is what's called the debt snowball. This comes from Dave Ramsey. And here's, here's the concept. Make sure you pay. Make sure you pay the monthly uh, minimum on every debt, but make sure that you attack the smallest loan with vengeance until it's gone. So you lay out all of your debts, and then find the bill or the debt that is the smallest, yeah. and put as much money towards that, that you one can first. attack and accomplish and get rid of first. Psychologically, it feels great. It feels so good to have one of them removed, like and then when you, you did you, it. When you attack that one, then then what you were supposed to be paying, that small towards minimum that. monthly payment on that, mm-hmm. you add that to the next bill. To the next lowest debt. Yeah, and then you attack it with everything you got. Get you rid live of it. beneath your means. Mm-hmm. That's and such you a win. foreign concept for so many, but it, that's how you do it. Like you can't keep spending more than you have coming in. I love what he says. He says, act your wage. Mm-hmm. Act your wage. And that's the challenge. Yeah, that's the challenge for Americans. I think we're the, <laughs> we're the worst at it, but really like it doesn't matter what people think about you. Who cares if you can't drive a new car and you can't buy a new couch? Who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't define you. But we get caught up in being defined by like with what we wear and what we have and what we drive. And really, that doesn't matter. It's about can you really do and be who God's asking you to do and be? And if you can't do it because you're swiping your credit card on materialistic things, why? So like when when uh, when we first came to the church here, um, we... Uh, you were working at an orthodontic office. I was, I was working here. We were floating the bills of the church. I was also cleaning houses. I'm not... Yeah, um, yeah you were cleaning... Don't forget yeah. that. I yeah. cleaned a few houses a week. But at the uh, orthodontic office yeah. where you were at, I remember every single time we went to work, every every day, because you worked like four or five days a week, but you would bring your lunch. Oh, yeah. And I'd bring my lunch to the church. Yeah. Simple ways. We brought. I mean, we brought our lunch today. Yeah, we just ate lunch together right now here. <laughs> we just create those habits where and all the other ladies though yeah that were in in great debt and struggling financially not all of i mean i don't want to say as a yeah. whole but a lot of people who were single moms or who are young and have college the first debt stop at to, starbucks to yeah, get a, and a six dollar drink or five dollar drink then go and to then, lunch and buy lunch again and i would not i just would we just you attack debt with um, discipline, with with um, intentionality, intentionality, with fierceness. Yeah, and, and it hurts sometimes. It's in the it, small. Yeah, do you not think that I want to go like buy Chick Fil A? Sure. Did I not want to stop and get a drink at Starbucks? Yeah, I would love it, but I'm not gonna. I can't spend ten dollars every day on breakfast or lunch and attack <laughs> debt. Because it all adds up. And or when time, debt is eliminated, wouldn't. then you start thinking, okay, what about investments? Yeah. If I want to see those grow, I got to have some finances to invest. 
then that's we what, are for you guys. We're just trying to help. So we sound kind of like moms and dads our, over here, but this is the disciplined life that um, we've just lived beneath our means our whole life. Yeah, and, it, and we want to continue to do that. And now that we've done that for now twenty three years, mm-hmm. it is reaping some really incredible benefits. Yeah, you know, and people see and they go, "Oh, wow!" You know, and nobody knows the years and years and years of saying no to a lot of things. And maybe you're listening to this today and you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I'm your age or older and I've not done any of that. What, what am I supposed to do? Start where you're at right now. Yeah. Begin today. Begin to honor God with it's the tithe. Begin to, begin to look at finances the right way. That money, You're not supposed to serve money. Money is supposed to serve you. Okay? Here's the fifth thing that I give you, and that's this. Financial success is marked by budgeting and high-quality relationships. So I know that, listen, it, it may sound obvious, but the best way to avoid debt is to avoid overspending. And one of the ways this happens is by budgeting. Like, you have to know. I remember Chris and I really early on, we did this where we sat down and, like, we had a budget for the month for, like, everything that could be spent. So for groceries, there was a certain amount of money we could spend. For um, you know, for our phone bill, if we knew what, what our um, mortgage was going to be, what our car payment was going to be, how much did we spend in gas, how all of that, our tithe, our it all savings, down. Yeah. and then you and then you can plan your weeks accordingly. Like you can literally know this week I have this much money to spend, and when it's gone, it's gone. So I need to make some decisions and maybe take a peanut butter jelly sandwich with a bag of chips to work and eat there. Because this is all I have this month. I was counseling with a couple. He was making about $100,000 a year. She was making around $60,000 a year. So that's $160,000, but they were spending $180,000 annually. Wow. Yeah. Which is average in America to spend that much more. So they were $20,000 spending more a year. Yeah. Listen, the person that makes $40,000 a year Mm -hmm. and is able to to save $2,000... Yeah. is better off than them. Yeah. Than them. So it's not about how much that you make, it's about how well you manage what you currently have. Exactly. Amen. I think I mean you have to you have to have a plan. Listen, you have to budget. Money manage your money, don't let your money manage you. And surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you towards financial success. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. So show me your friends and I will show you your future. Yeah. So it was uh, a few years ago that I really felt like I wanted God to give me a financial mentor in my life to teach me about some things when it comes to stocks and options and you know commodities and uh, real estate. And I began to pray that God would send the right person in my life to be able to teach me about things that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I had the basics down, and we've always been investors and savers, but God sent the right person. And I've learned so much. I mean, it's been it's been absolutely in, incredible. Um, but that's because I began to pray that God, please send the right person into my life. Because show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Mm-hmm. And that does that's not always the negative things. Yeah, it's getting around the type of people that you want to be like that that challenge you to do better, that challenge you to learn more, and that challenge you to So if there's somebody that is, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. If you hang around with people that are constantly debt, broke, and 
and they're constantly overspending, you're going to become like them. Mm-hmm. But if you're around people that are wise with their finances and they're earning w- great wealth and they are investing into God's kingdom and they're living a life that lives beyond themselves, guess what? That's you're going to rub off. It's going to rub well. off on you yeah. as well. So if you want financial freedom for yourself and your and your family, you're going to have to walk out relation walk out the relational environments that lead to debt and financial freedom. Okay. Got to do that. You've got to hang out with the right people. And so, you know, when I when I think about my dad, I think, man, he, he has taught me so much. And the biggest thing is not necessarily the okay, the secrets of okay, where do I put this 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 dollar bill to earn me the most amount of money or whatever. It's things that are bigger than that. Things that money can't even buy necessarily. And that is the mindset to honor God, to live beyond, to live a life that lives beyond yourself, to, to create margin in, in our lives. For you and I as a husband and wife to be on the exact same page. Yeah. You've led us well in this way as a family, babe. Well, I pray that God would do the very same thing in your life today. And I hope yeah. that today has been uh, helpful and encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe a little bit challenging, but I think it's encouraging to know uh, truth and to know how to get there and that it's doable. Yeah. So, hey, from uh, from Tatum and I, we want to uh, hope that you guys have an incredible rest of your day. It's been an honor being able to speak yeah. into your life. Thank you guys for listening today. God bless. Bye-bye.